Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same drop-down menu, there is a link to subscribe to a daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. And my name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern Time. <clears throat> Today we're continuing our reading in Chapter 19, Beyond the Body, with Section 5, The Obstacles to Peace. And we're in subsection D, the fourth obstacle, the fear of God. And after we do our reading this morning, we will um, we will move over to uh, the lesson, uh, with uh, which is the first in the second part of the workbook. So. If we have time, we'll read the introduction to part two of the workbook. Yeah, Fran, so she's got the introduction, the thought for this first section, what is forgiveness, as well as the lesson itself, which is Peace to My Mind, lesson 221. Peace to my mind. Let all my thoughts be still. And let me ask my favorite question of the day. Laurie, do you have an opening for us this morning? Oh, I do, Lemoyne. Gosh, I found a really, really great one for today. In light of our lesson, peace to my mind. Let all my thoughts be still. It's a poem from John Rodell. My love, would you hear my confession? It's been so long since I've given one. I hope this isn't a sin to admit this, but these days, God feels like a moving breeze that I'm unable to capture or hold on to. My Sunday school teachers told me that if I seek, I shall find, but that hasn't been my experience. Despite all my frantic and desperate searching, I haven't really, quote-unquote, found God. And for that, I am so grateful. How arrogant I was to think that I could catch the divine in my netted heart like a butterfly. I was so loudly searching for, quote-unquote, answers that I never was quiet enough to listen to the sweet whispering all around me. So now... Whenever I need to, quote-unquote, find the divine, 
I sit quietly among the flowering weeds that are blooming in my front yard, and I allow the wind to move through me, because my soul isn't a cage. It's a wind tunnel for a holy moment. The less I frantically seek the answers to the great mystery, the more I feel seen. So maybe it isn't for me, quote, seek and you shall find. Maybe for me it's more sit and you shall be found. Peace to my mind, let all my thoughts be still. Amen. Oh, thanks for that. That was good. Thank you. Thank you. That was perfect. Lovely. For me. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Lori. I was really happy to find it. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you, Lori. And uh, all right, let me go through what I've got here. I have with us in reading, I have Lori, Fran, Robin Marie, Karen, Jessica, and Donna. And with us in listening is Lana. Is there anyone else who's joined the call would like to join the reading list or just say good morning? Good morning. This is Ida. I'm listening. Thank you. Welcome, Ida. Good morning. It's Pat, and I'm listening. Welcome, Pat. Anyone else who'd like to either join the list or just say good morning before we get started here? Okay. All right, then I will get us started with the reading. One second. Okay, the reading today in Chapter 19, Beyond the Body, Section 5, Obstacles to Peace, Part D, The Fourth Obstacle, the fear of God. What would you see without the fear of death? What would you feel and think if death held no attraction for you? Very simply, you would remember your father, the creator of life, the source of everything that lives, the father of the universe, and of the universe of universes and everything that lies even beyond them would you remember. And as this memory rises in your mind, peace must still surmount the final obstacle after which is salvation completed and the Son of God entirely restored to sanity. For here your world does end. And Lori. Uh, the obstacle is 
Part D is the fourth obstacle. God. What would you see without the fear of death? What would you feel and think if death held no attraction for you? Very simply, you would remember your father, the creator of life, the source of everything that lives, the father of the universe, and of the universe of universes, and of everything that lies even beyond them, would you remember? And as this memory rises in your mind, peace must still surmount a final obstacle, after which is salvation completed and the Son of God entirely restored to sanity. For here your world does end. 91. The fourth obstacle to be surmounted hangs like a heavy veil before the face of Christ. Yet, as his face rises beyond it, shining with joy because he is in his Father's love, Peace will lightly brush the veil aside and run to meet him and to join with him at last. For this dark veil, which seems to make the face of Christ himself like to a leper's and the bright rays of his Father's love which light his face with glory, appear as streams of blood, fades in the blazing light beyond it when the fear of death is gone. Thank you, Lori and Fran. 91. The fourth obstacle to be surmounted hangs like a heavy veil before the face of Christ. Yet as his face rises beyond it, shining with joy because he is in his Father's love, peace will lightly brush the veil aside and run to meet him and to join with him at last. For this dark veil, which seems to make the face of Christ himself like to a leper's and the bright rays of his father's love, which light his face with glory, appears as streams of blood, fades in the blazing light beyond it when the fear of death is gone. 92. This is the darkest veil, upheld by the belief in death and protected by its attraction. The dedication to death and to its sovereignty is but the solemn vow, the promise made in secret to the ego never to lift this veil, not to approach it, nor even to suspect that it is there. This is the secret bargain made with the ego to keep what lies beyond the veil forever blotted out and unremembered. Here is your promise never to allow union to call you out of separation, the great amnesia in which the memory of God seems quite forgotten, the cleavage of yourself from you, the fear of God, the final step in your dissociation. Thank you, Fran and Robin Murray. Ninety-two. This is the darkest veil, upheld by the belief in death and protected by its attraction. The dedication to death and to its sovereignty is but the solemn vow, the promise made in secret to the ego, never to lift this veil, not to approach it nor even suspect that it is there. This is the secret bargain 
made with the ego to keep what lies beyond the veil forever blotted out and unremembered. Here is your promise never to allow union to call you out of separation, the great amnesia in which the memory of God seems quite forgotten, the cleavage of your capital self from you, the fear of God, the final step in your dissociation. 93. See how the belief in death would seem to, quote, save, unquote, you? For this is gone. What can you fear but life? It is the attraction of death that makes life seem to be ugly, cruel, and tyrannical. You are no more afraid of death than of the ego. These are your chosen friends. For in your secret alliance with them, you have agreed never to let the fear of God be lifted so you could look upon the face of Christ and join him in his Father. Thank you, Robin Marie. And Karen? 93. See how the belief in death would seem to quote-unquote save you? For if this is gone, what can you fear but life? It is the attraction of death that makes life seem to be ugly, cruel, and tyrannical. You are no more afraid of death than of the ego. These are your chosen friends. For in your secret alliance with them, you have agreed never to let the fear of God be lifted so you could look upon the face of Christ and join him in his Father. 94. Every obstacle that peace must flow across is surmounted in just the same way. The fear that raised it yields to the love beneath. And so the fear is gone. And so it is with this. The desire to get rid of peace and drive the Holy Spirit from you fades in the presence of the quiet recognition that you love him. The exaltation of the body is given up in favor of the spirit, which you love as you could never love the body. And the appeal of death is lost forever as love attraction stirs, as love attraction stirs and calls to you. From beyond each of the obstacles to love, love itself has called, and each has been surmounted by the power of the attraction of what lies beyond. Your wanting fear seemed to be holding them in place. Yet when you heard the voice of love beyond them, you answered and they disappeared. Thank you, Karen. And Jessica. Ninety-four. Every obstacle that peace must flow across is surmounted in just the same way. The fear that that raised it yields to the love beneath, and so the fear is gone. And so it is with this. The desire to get rid of peace and drive the Holy Spirit from you fades in the presence of the quiet recognition that you love him. 
The exaltation of the body is given up in favor of the spirit, which you love as you could never love the body. And the appeal of death is lost forever as love's attraction stirs and calls to you. From beyond each of the obstacles to love, love itself has called, and each has been surmounted by the power of the attraction of what lies beyond. Your wanting fear seemed to be holding them in place, yet when you heard the voice of love beyond them, you entered and they disappeared. 95. And now you stand in terror before what you swore never to look upon. Your eyes look down, remembering your promise to your, quote, friends. The, quote, loveliness of sin, the delicate appeal of guilt, the, quote, holy waxen image of death, and the fear of vengeance of the ego you swore in blood not to desert, all rise and bid you not to raise your eyes. For you realize that if you look on this and let the veil be lifted, they will be gone forever. All of your, quote, friends, your, quote, protectors, and your, quote, home will vanish. Nothing that you remember now will you remember. Well, thank you, Jessica. And Donna. Ninety-five. And now you stand in terror before what you swore you never look upon. Your eyes look down, remembering your promise to your, quote, friends, the, quote, loveliness of your sin, the delicate appeal of guilt, the, quote, holy waxen image of death, and the fear of vengeance of the ego you swore in blood not to desert, all rise and bid you not to raise your eyes. For you realize that if you look on this and let the veil be lifted, they will be gone forever. All of your, quote, friends, your, quote, protectors, and your, quote, home will vanish. Nothing that you remember now will you remember. 96. It seems to you the world will utterly abandon you if you but raise your eyes. Yet all that will occur is you will leave the world forever. This is the reestablishment of your will. Look upon it opened-eyed, and you will never more believe that you are at the mercy of the things beyond you, forces you cannot control, and thoughts that come to you against your will. It is your will to look on this, no mad desire, no trivial impulse to forget again, no stab of fear, nor the cold sweat of seeming death can stand against your will. For what attracts you from behind the veil is also deep within you, unseparated from it, and completely one. 
Thank you, Donna. And is there a new reader who would like to conclude with paragraph 96? New reader to conclude with 96? Okay, back to you, Lori. It seems to you the world will utterly abandon you if you but raise your eyes. Yet all that will occur is you will leave the world forever. This is the reestablishment of your will. Look upon it open-eyed and you will never more believe that you are at the mercy of things beyond you, forces you cannot control, and thoughts that come to you against your will. It is your will to look on this. No mad desire, no trivial impulse to forget again, no stab of fear nor the cold sweat of seeming death can stand against your will. For what attracts you from beyond the veil is also deep within you, unseparated from it, completely one. Amen. Oh, thank you, Lori. <clears throat> okay, I'm going to try the briefest, briefest summary I can here with the fourth obstacle, the fear of God. From 94, <clears throat> every obstacle that peace must flow across is surmounted in just the same way. The fear that raised it, raised the obstacle, yields to the love beneath, and so the fear is gone. And so it is with this. From 96, it seems to you the world will utterly abandon you if you but raise your eyes. Yet all that will occur is you will leave the world forever. This is the reestablishment of your will. Look upon it open-eyed, and you will never more believe that you are at the mercy of things beyond you, forces you cannot control, and thoughts that come to you against your will. It is your will to look on this. No mad desire, no trivial impulse to forget again, no stab of fear, nor the cold sweat of seeming death can stand against your will. For what attracts you from beyond the veil is also deep within you, unseparated from it and completely one. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you, Lemoyne.
Well, I don't I don't want to rush rush away from this, but I would like because it is the beginning of part two of the workbook, and uh, and so it's, uh, there's a lot here this morning. There's the introduction. I would like us to read the introduction, one paragraph at a time, and then Fran can just cover the thought for the section and the lesson itself. So, if you're willing, um, just it's like got to be just a page or two before the lesson itself for the day. Lesson 221, just before that, is the introduction to the second part of the workbook. Sounds good. It's a good idea. And I think we'll just uh, just use the same order, but we'll each read one. So I will I'll go ahead and get us started. And this so this is from the workbook. Part two, introduction, paragraph one. Words will mean little now. Words will mean little now. We use them but as guides on which we do not now depend. For now we seek, for now we seek direct experience of truth alone. The lessons which remain are merely introductions to the times in which we leave the world of pain and go to enter peace. Now we begin to reach the goal this course has set and find the end toward which our practicing was geared. Lori? No, I have to pass. Sorry. Okay. No problem. Fran? Two. Now we attempt to let the exercise be merely a beginning, for we wait in quiet expectation for our God and Father. He has promised he will take the final step himself, and we are sure his promises are kept. We have come far along the road, and now we wait for him. We will continue spending time with him each morning and at night as long as makes us happy. We will not consider time a matter of duration now. We use as much as we will need for the result that we desire. Nor will we forget our hourly remembrance in between, calling to God when we have need of him as we are tempted to forget our goal. Thank you, Fran. And Robin Marie? Three, we will continue with a central thought for all the days to come. And we will use that thought to introduce our times of rest and calm, our minds at need. Yet we will not content ourselves with simple practicing in the remaining holy instants, which conclude the year that we have given God. We say some simple words of welcome 
and expect our Father to reveal himself as he has promised. We have called on him, and he has promised that his Son will not remain unanswered when he calls his name. Thank you, Robin Marie. And Karen? Four. Now do we come... Now do we come to him with but his word upon our minds and hearts and wait for him to take the step to us that he has told us through his voice he would not fail to take when we invited him. He has not left his son in all his madness nor betrayed his trust in him. Has not his faith earned him the invitation that he seeks to make us happy we will offer it and it will be accepted so our times with him will now be spent we say the words of invitation that his voice suggests and then we wait for him to come to us thank you Karen and Jessica Uh, Jessica, are you able to read five? Oh, it's no longer here. All right, so Donna, would you read five? Donna, would you read uh, paragraph five from the introduction? Oh, I'm sorry. I <laughs> I turned my speaker off. Forgot to turn my mute off. Sorry. <clears throat> five. Now is the t- time of prophecy fulfilled. Now are all the ancient promises upheld and fully kept. No step remains for time to separate from its accomplishment. For now, we cannot fail. Sit quietly and wait upon your Father. He has willed to come to you when you have recognized it is your will he do so. And you could have never come this far unless you saw, however dimly, that it is your will. Uh, thank you, Donna. And uh, let's see where we at. Okay. Uh, let me ask: Is there a new reader who would like to read paragraph six from the introduction to part two of the workbook? I can try Lemoyne, Donna. Okay. Please do. 
I am so close to you, we cannot fail. Father, we give these holy times to you in gratitude. To him who taught us how to leave the world of sorrow in exchange for its replacement given us by you. We look not backwards now. We look ahead and fix our eyes upon the journey's end. Accept these little gifts of thanks from us as through Christ's vision we behold a world beyond the one we made and take that world to be the full replacement of our own. Thank you, Lana. And is there another new reader for paragraph 7? I have the CE edition, and I see paragraph 7 that begins with some of the ideas. Is that it? Um, no. Okay, I pass. <clears throat> I, I, don't even, I don't even see the phrase. But okay, um, thank you, Steve. Thanks for trying, Steve. Anyone else for paragraph 7? All right. Um, let me ask Lori, are you, are you able to read now? You bet. You bet. Oh. Thank you. And now we wait in silence, unafraid and uncertain of your coming. We have sought to find our way by following the guide you sent us. We did not know the way, but you did not forget us. And we know that you will not forget us now. We ask but that your ancient promises be kept, which are your will to keep. We will with you in asking this. The Father and the Son, whose holy will created all that is, and fail in nothing. In this certainty, we undertake these last few steps to you and rest in confidence upon your love, which will not fail, on who calls to you. Thank you, Lori. And friend? Lori, it's kind of hard to hear you. Uh, everybody else's volume is up, but I just thought I'd mention it. I can hold the phone up right close to my ear. I've passed. Oh, thanks, Steve. I'll do better. Oh, just then was perfect. Thank you. My turn? Eight. <laughs> well, yeah, go ahead, friend. And so we start upon the final part of this one holy year, which we have spent together in the search for truth and God, who is its one creator. We have found the way he chose for us and made the choice to follow it as he would have us go. His hand was held, has held us up. His thoughts have lit the darkness of our minds. His love has called to us unceasingly since time began. 
Thank you, no. and Robin. Go ahead, Robin. Yeah. Marie. <laughs> Nine. We had a wish that God would fail to have a son whom he created for himself. We wanted God to change himself and but what we would make of him. And we believe that our insane I- desires were the truth. Now we are glad that this is all undone and we no longer think illusions true. The memory of God is shimmering across the wide horizons of our minds. A moment more and it will rise again. A moment more and we who are God's sons are safely home where he would have us be. Thank you, Robin Marie. And Karen? Ken, now is the need for practice almost done. For in this final section, we will come to understand that we need only call to God and all temptations disappear. Instead of words, we need but feel his love. Instead of prayer, we need but call his name. Instead of judging, we need but be still and let all things be healed. We will accept the way God's plan will end as we receive the way it started. Now it is complete. This year has brought us to eternity. Thank you, Karen. And Donna? Eleven. One further use for words we still retain. From time to time, instructions on a theme of special relevance will intersperse our daily lesson and the periods of wordless, deep experience which should come afterwards. These special thoughts should be reviewed each day, each one of them to be continued till the next is given you. They should be slowly read and thought about a little while, preceding one of the holy and blessed instances in the day. We give the first of these instructions now. Thank you, Donna. And uh, so we turn to you, Fran, for our further instruction. With our thanks for your dedication. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Second part of the workbook. And the theme that we have for now, which I'll read some from, and then we'll do the lesson, the lesson that we're working on is Lesson 221. Peace to my mind, let all my thoughts be still. So I'll read some from the theme, What is Forgiveness? Forgiveness recognizes what you thought your brother did to you has not occurred. It does not pardon sins and make them real. An unforgiving thought is one which makes a judgment that it will not raise to doubt, although it is not true. An unforgiving thought does many things. In frantic action, it pursues its goal, twisting and overturning what it sees 
as interfering with its chosen path. Forgiveness, on the other hand, is still and quietly does nothing. He who would forgive himself must learn to welcome truth exactly as it is. Do nothing then, and let forgiveness show you what to do through him who is your guide, your savior, and defender, strong in hope and certain of your ultimate success. So in the lesson, the beginning part is a prayer. So I'm going to read the prayer to us, and then we'll do our five-minute practice. Lesson 221. Peace to my mind. Let all my thoughts be still. Father, I come to you today to seek the peace that you alone can give. I come in silence, in the quiet of my heart, the deep recesses of my mind. I wait and listen for your voice, my Father. Speak to me today. I come to hear your voice in silence and uncertainty and love. Sure, you will hear my call and answer me. Now, do we wait in quiet? God is here because we wait together. We wait with one intent, to hear our Father's answer to our call, to let our thoughts be still and find his peace, to hear him speak of us, of what we are, and to reveal himself unto his Son. Lesson 221, peace to my mind. Let all my thoughts be still. Well, now we'll take our five minutes.
Lesson 221. Peace to my mind. Let all my thoughts be still. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, friend. Thanks, friend. Thank you, friend. Appreciate it. Friend. Friend. Thanks, friend. Thank you, guys. This whole session was just divine today. I am so grateful. Thank you, Lemoyne, Fran, and all. Well, thank you, Donna. I read each of these separately, but I think they're that introduction dovetails nicely onto our reading today. So, yeah, I agree. I, I, it was scary to me, Mrs. Ida. I had other things that I, in my brain and my body mind that I had to focus on, but still, I felt almost as if I created them just so I could you know, avoid this section, the fear of God, because maybe I was afraid of the fear or whatever. I don't know. But anyway, thanks. I'm complete. Thanks, Ida. Thanks, Ida. Um, the teacher, uh, Matt Kahn, has a book with 10 principles in it for awakening. And the very first principle is, you never did anything wrong. It's a beautiful thing to take in. I'm complete. Thanks. Can you say that principle one more time? I didn't get it. You never did anything wrong. Aw. Thank you, Wendy. That's wonderful. Yeah, I got to get that today. Yeah. Because I've been having physical, emotional symptoms and things I can't do or I can't do on time and stuff that make me, I was feeling disgusted with myself. So I have to forgive myself today and I have to realize that like the Course says, I never did anything wrong. I, ne- I don't sin. We None of us sin, and the past is not real. It's not even there, really. So, thanks. I'm complete. This is Donna. <clears throat> it is funny how things start speaking out of the body to rattle us a little bit. And it, and I read something yesterday about what, what to tell It's okay. That, that's what a mother could tell a little child uh, if they think they hurt themselves. It's okay, honey. You're all right. 
just keep, that's okay, you'll be okay. And the child will take their mind off of that uh, being hurt and get up and go, and it really was nothing. So that's how I see us. We're just little children now. And if we will just uh, walk through the fear or the pain or the something that we think is keeping us from being the perfection we are, just just ignore it for a moment and let God, ask God, God, let your mind take over here. My mind cannot do this. I'm complete. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Donna. Good morning, it's Lana. Um, and I may be interrupted because one of my angels went to the store for me, So, but I'll try to speak quickly. You know, this section, um, not only the text reading, but the introduction to the lesson, the forgiveness, today's lesson, peace be, what is it? <laughs> peace be mine, whatever, be still. Um, uh, you know, one of my favorite pointers to truth was something that Wayne Dyer said oh, years and years and years ago. <clears throat> he said, uh, we are spirit having a human experience, yet what we're conditioned is to believe to the fiber, the very fiber of our being, what we're conditioned to believe is that we are human. And occasionally, if we're lucky, we'll stumble onto a spiritual experience. And, um, you know, I can tell you, and I loved what you read at the beginning of the call, Laurie, because it again points to this man's recognition that all he has to do is recognize what he wants and God does the rest when he became still because if if I if I'm really honest whenever even when we read the introduction when I seek God so-called seeking God my focus and attention my mind automatically points away from myself to go looking for God. When a search for God, or um, I should say the recognition of God actually is a pointer in the opposite direction. It's within me. And as long as I think God is separate from who I am, a spirit, I'll never find him. I mean, I might find some great theologies that make a lot of sense to me, that touch my heart, or touch my intellect, but I'll never find God because I found that my recognition of God is a recognition of love. That's how, for me, that's what finding God looks like for me. And it's an inward love that radiates outward. It comes from my heart. And when I'm aligned with that, I'm one with God. And um, my daughter was over Sunday, and we had such a beautiful talk about spirit 
In fact, she reminded me of Wayne Dyer saying that she was living in the truth that she is spirit, having a human experience. There's another um, beautiful little spirit guide called Emmanuel. And he, one of the things that he writes in one of his channel books is, fear will sell you, I will keep you safe. Spirit says, you are safe. And that's all that God wants me to know, is that I'm safe, whether I'm in a body or out of body. And fortunately, I've had over these last 40-some years, 73 years, I should say, 40 of them doing my spiritual work, but um, I've had mystical, so-called mystical experience where I've been outside my body. I've had near-death experience. So I know there's a consciousness apart from my brain that travels with me wherever I go. And it's a peaceful presence, a loving presence. You know, I never, you know, I may, the only fear, the only place fear shows up can show up as an anticipation of something that might happen. That anticipation of it is what can frighten me. But the experience of being without a body or being in an altered state of consciousness, there's no fear there at all. It's just beautiful. It's just peaceful. So anytime I need to heal my mind, which is the only thing that ever needs healing, when I come to that stillness, that peaceful presence that I can only find in the present moment, when I still my mind of thought, that's where God meets me. That's where love meets me. That's where I reconnect with truth. And um, and it's, you know, my experience of it is foolproof. It took a while. You know, I can remember I was in my mid-20s the first time I popped out of my body. And I was circling the ceiling, going a mile a minute minute bouncing off the corners of the ceiling and I gotta tell you the only thought in my mind was how do I get back in this body <laughs> my body was so important to me it was my salvation but over time and through other experiences and I must say most of my greatest spiritual steps forward have come from the most devastation devastationing or what's the word you know situations you know um you know when i was given the last rites one morning in the hospital when my daughter was hopeful hopelessly addicted to heroin when i had no other place to turn but god that's when god showed up when i had given up the struggle when i had surrendered my ego when I said, when I threw my book across my room one night, that night I shared about, and I said to Jesus, I give up, but I heard him say, thank God. Maybe we can get somewhere now. You know, so I'm sorry to keep going on. I'm going to end it. But this today, the lesson, the introduction, forgiveness, the text reading, all points to one thing is that God is not to be feared. You know, it, it's 
it's love. How can we fear love? Um, it just seems like an absurd idea, but deeply rooted in our conditioning of thinking. So when I just give up, God shows up. And, and that's been for the last many, many years has been my experience. It doesn't mean I don't have to travel through that gate of hell in order to get to that place where I get out, give up. <laughs> I'm as susceptible to ego as anybody, but I know where to find my peace. That I've learned a hundred times. I'm complete. Thank you for listening. Oh, that was very beautiful, Anna. Thank you. Thank you for yes. sharing that. Thank you. Thank you, guys, for your patience. Thank you, Lana. How, how do I give up? I mean, I felt like I was giving up this morning, but I still can't do essential things every morning when they need to be done, for instance, and they're essential to do every day, like my kitty litter, for instance. But I took out the trash so I couldn't do the kitty litter, for example. And um, I have no one to help me. I'm working on it, but I have no one now. I'm sorry, it just sounds so strident. Thank you, I'm complete. You don't sound strident at all, Ida. You sound like you're waiting for grace. That's beautiful. Thank you, Lori. Hi, guys. It's Jude. I just came in. I just had an MRI done and uh, for a spot on my kidney, a little fibroma, they call it. And it, it's so interesting, this this lesson in the, you know, the introduction, like Lana was saying that in the text reading how we're, we're at all this fear, you know, analysis of fear and what it really truly means and how it really the text really explains it as being something that should be non-existent to us. That, um, and I just, I just want to say that um, I really, I'm really feeling for you, Ida. I, um, I'm in a similar situation where there's so much that I can't physically do for myself, and you know, there's a lot of things, quote unquote, that I think. I quote unquote think should be, could be done, need to be done, want to be done, um, but you know the um, experience of pain prohibit prohibits the movement, and um, I'm really learn learning from the experience of slowing down and being still and recognizing what really matters that peace of heart really matters, 
that my joy really matters, that my, my conscious awareness of who I am and what my re- total reality is, you know, that I can, I can sit down and look at a bird, just simply look at a bird or simply look at a squirrel or simply look at a cloud or simply think about a friend or, or talk with a friend. And that alone is enough to make me forget my pain. That alone replaces the self-preoccupation, the, um, the self-concern, um, you know, with the body. And I love what Lana just shared about, you know, that, you know, getting to that point of desperation where we really, and I've been at that point of, and what they call they call it in AA a gift of desperation, where we simply throw up our arms and our and our heads, all our thinking, and just say, I don't know. I really don't know. I've run out of ideas. I've run out of thinking. I've run out of phys- physically and mentally. I'm exhausted. The Jew is done. <laughs> and that is a complete and total surrender of the mini-me, the personal self. And that's why they call it a gift of desperation, which, you know, when you're in it, doesn't feel so hot, and you don't think it's such a gift. But um, as you move forward through it, and you leave that empty space where you've abandoned your personal self, all of Jude's thinking, all of Jude's emotions. She's in a puddle on the floor in tears, just totally... Just throwing her hands up, saying, I give up. That is total spiritual surrender. There's surrendering my mind, there's surrendering my body, and then there's spiritual surrendering. And the part in the text that I love, um, this fear of God, that the fear of death is the flip side of the ego's version of its attraction for it. That somehow... If I die, I'm going to get out of all this mess, all this mental confusion, worry, concern, cares, all this self-reliance that makes me feel afraid. I'm not going to have enough money. There's not going to be anyone here to help me or take care of me. And then there's the self-reliance of, you know, just physical self-reliance, which I don't have anymore. I mean, you know, giving that up, that that kind of self-reliance. And the fact that death can be an escape from that self-reliance, that the the, the ego wants to kill itself, and that's what the attraction for death is. And being in a lot of pain, I've experienced that. I would just die right now to this body, gladly. But in looking at it the way the Course talks about it, Looking at it and seeing it as an escape um, from life, and and not seeing it in in the truth, and to see it truly is to see it as the fear of God that I'm going to escape from life. I'm going to escape from love. I'm going to escape from God by dying by killing myself is a different way for me to look at it. And that in that I'm afraid of love. I'm afraid of God. 
and I'm afraid of life is a completely different way of looking at it. And in all honesty, when I looked at it, I could see the truth in it and how the ego manipulates that fear. And the and and then too in moving forward through it to see that there is nothing to fear, like Lana shared, that God is perfect love, God is perfect release from all sin, sickness, suffering and death, and that I can experience that truth if I live the truth in my life, that I can experience the joy of life in spite of all this doubt and fear and worry that the ego would um, imposition on me, this fear of self-reliance, this fear of being alone, this fear of not being able to take care of myself. All that goes away. It simply goes away because it's all a lie. And it's not believable when I think it through truly. And I recognize that there's a billion people on this planet Earth. And it's just in asking for help and letting it be known that I need help, that my friends show up, that helpers show up, that the grace of God shows up, that the beneficence of the universe opens up and reigns its mercy and its love all over me, all over me, and I'm swimming in it. So I'm really grateful that I'm coming to a deeper and deeper understanding of fear and how I have to let fear go to know the truth of who I am, to know what love truly is, and to be love and be a spirit in love, living the truth of who I am today. So <laughs> I'm glad you guys are still here, and I'm sorry I missed the first part of the call. Um, bless you all, and I have a limitless day full of joy today. I'm complete. Thank you so much, Jude. You were very astute and wonderful. Thank you, Judy. That was beautiful. Yes, thank you, Judy. Showering love on everybody, every cell. Thank you. I just want to say thank you, Lana, for saying the truth that God is within me and I am within God, and I have to know God that way, that intimately. I can't think of think of him as someone I pray to or something that that's a concept or an idea or a theology or something in my mind. And it, it, a concept is... It, 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 it has to be an intimate relationship. <laughs> Try God on for size, I like to say. <laughs> Feel him in your heart. Feel the love. Experience the love. I read this little quote. It said, what did it say? About um, learning, all the learning, learning that we do and the learning that we teach. 
that wisdom, that it will bring us wisdom, but that, that we have to live it. We have to experience it. And that's what leads to the joy, the bekahuna, the joy, limitless joy. So I'm, I'm, I'm all for that today. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Judy. This is Nana again. Yeah, about the course is very correct in telling us that um, our perception of the world is upside down and backwards. You know, it's not like I'm in a world. This the world is in me. So I've learned that there's nothing that's not a part of me. And Jesus says that somewhere in the course. There's nothing that is not a part of me. And it's what the course calls my world. It's my world. And I define everything about it. The good, the bad, and the ridiculous. I give meaning to everything I see, everything I feel. So... You know, it's not good or bad. It's it's just what's so. You know, that's what this realm or dimension is like, the dimension of time and space. But just like in the reading today, he says, or was it, I don't know, in the introduction maybe, we can lift the veil between this dimension and the next. And the way we do it is by loving. And... Jesus also teaches me that to teach is to demonstrate. So the goal is (laughs) to demonstrate love, to extend it, to share it in whatever way we want. One of my favorite um, scripture verses um, goes like this. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. And it points to, for me, it points to there's nothing outside of love. There's just nothing else that exists. I mean, I can try to make illusions real. I can try to make fear real. You know, and, and it touches the practical part of my life, too. And and when I have to engage this world, that's really in me, I'm not in it, um, when I have to, you know, I, I I trust the truth to be true in that too. I can just go over last week. You know, I was really sick and my body was failing me again and I just let it be. You know, I said my healing prayer and turned it over to God and watched myself be healed. My daughter was going to be arrested for lack for not paying child support. She needed $500. I couldn't get a ride to the bank or get anybody to go to the bank to pay my rent. These are practical things. But instead of doing battle with them, I just give them up to God. I don't know what the hell to do about Maggie needing $500 or she's going to be put in jail. (laughs) I live on Social Security. But I knew an answer would come because it always does. It always does. And and, and I hope, um, and, you know, everybody could take heart in that when we just thought he shows up. 
that's just been my experience. It's not a belief anymore. So a few days ago, I get a $300 donation in the mail. I have no idea. I wasn't expecting it. had no idea it was coming. Solutions show up in unimagined ways. Because I didn't go to my ego mind, my thinking mind, my past conditioning to look for answers. You know, I just stay present. I go, well, here's another one, Holy Spirit. Let's see how you solve this one. Stand back and watch. So Maggie went to court yesterday, paid her fine, got her child support reduced to $250 a month. My, my roommate got my rent, so he was able to go grocery shopping. <laughs> my body's practically healed. And what did I do? Nothing. I did absolutely nothing other than trust the truth is true. And, the, you know, the last week wasn't an unusual week. I mean, every week there are practical challenges that show up. But I don't rely on Lana trying to solve them anymore. I mean, I'm just not able to. You know, I have to, I have to trust a higher power. The spirit, not the Lana, but my spirit, not my human identity, but my spiritual truth. And, the, and I just, you know, this has just been my experience. The more I trust it, the more it shows up. And, and, um, and it's a blessing. You know, because I talked to my daughter. I said, I'm going to be leaving this body probably soon, but don't worry about it because I'll always be with you as in spirit. I had someone tell me once, and I totally agree, agreed that it was true because I've had other people tell me about past lives of all, all these famous people. <laughs> I didn't read any of them. But the last one happened was right after uh, my husband and I adopted Maggie. She was still a little toddler. And she told me in, in this past life regressor or whatever they call them, uh, I went with my stepdaughter. I wasn't a huge fan, but I went with her. She says, she's your grandmother. And I totally got that. I totally got that. You know, my daughter, her, her, certainly her personality isn't my grandmother, but the truth of her, her eternal truth, it travels eternally with me. And I will travel eternally with her. I said, maybe next time I'll be your daughter or your son. But we're always linked spiritually as one. And who knows? Everyone on this call, we've all traveled together, I believe, too. In spirit, through maybe a thousand lifetimes, all getting to that perfect love, getting past the fear and the perfect love. And it's just always right there, right, right in front of us. And right within us, we don't have to look out. Mag, my daughter explains it. She says, Mom, I have an outer world and an inner world. And my outer world is always crazy, but my inner world is always peaceful. And I totally get that, too. You know, it's what we give the meaning to. I'm complete. Oh, that was so beautiful, Anna. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This is Steve. Uh, what's been coming up for me is that old story about the two wolves. 
which one do I feed? And fighting the bad wolf isn't going to strengthen the good. The only good wolf, in my experience, way of growing is to feed the good wolf. And no matter what circumstances I've been in, some laid up, couldn't even go to the bathroom by myself. There was always the good wolf and the bad wolf choice. The self. And uh, I noticed that I have an attraction sometimes to the bad fears. Worst, I don't like this. But as soon as I go to the good wolf, not with getting something, but coming from the good wolf, it's already inside of me. I am immediately rewarded. Now, I have an, on another note. I have never died and lived to talk about it. But I have a suspicion that, that when I die, there won't be an I to experience. There'll just be that, that amnesty. But I don't know. I do know that this life is precious and I have the choice. And I'm complete. Thanks, Steve. That was lovely, Steve. Thank you. This is Donna. Uh, <clears throat> There seems to be two minds. One is insane and the other is sane. And, and today in the peace to my mind, let all my thoughts be still. When I read that peace to my mind, I had to clarify to myself, what, what am I talking about? Peace to my mind. <clears throat> and uh, so I defined my mind. Mortal mind, be still, let God, your time is past, gone. And then the last sentence, let all my thoughts be still. And I got this, let God be God, let me be his reflection, Christ, one, with my Father, one will, one mind, one creation. And now I wait, I'm complete. Beautiful. Thank you, Donna.
Good morning, everyone. This is Pat. And I had an experience this weekend that I just really want to share. I uh, Every once in a while, I'll get a day that I don't have pain, and I think, oh, I'm going to water, I'm going to do this. Well, I had a car, I have a car in my carport that hasn't been driven quite a while, and I have feral cats to get on top and slide down the windshield and paws all over it, and I thought, I'm going to wash the car. So I put it out at the bottom of my driveway, and I was washing away, and I did not realize that the hose was gathered around my feet. I was so intense and happy to be playing in the water. And uh, three years ago, I did a face plant in my on my driveway that altered the right side of my face, but luckily it's it's not a bad something that you would look at and say, oh my God, no, it's not like that, but all this part was kind of crushed. And the doctor that I went to right away, he says, yeah, you got to go to your other doctor, but I don't want you to sneeze. Your eyeball might come out. And I, oh my God. And I, so I was terrified the whole night before, until I went to the other one. But then back to the hose wrapped around my feet, I could feel myself in the air, and this voice kind of came in. I wasn't terrified. I didn't feel anything with fear. But this voice came in and said, are we going to do this again? And part of me said, oh, that's a long trick. I don't want to do that. And all of a sudden, where I was falling forward, Somehow I was turned around and started to fall back into my car. And nothing happened. I didn't get anything on my body that hurt the rest of the day or the evening. And I I was just sort of numb looking at what had happened. But the voice that came in was like, all I said was, okay, I did it. Here I go. And just let go. And all of a sudden, I was turned around and could get back to the car and kind of like adjust myself. So by the time I got to the car, I was still standing up. So I just feel so odd, odd, you know, A-W, by that experience that um, it's just letting go if it's going to happen. There's nothing I I could have done up in the air like that, and I just relaxed, and all of a sudden I was turned around. So I need those experiences at time to remind me of the unknown, of God. And then the next thing that happened was something, I don't know if it was on TV or I got the book that you were reading, Lori, awesome, something or other, <laughs> openness, I guess. But in there, it's like, uh, oh, no, this is what I hate when I think I'm going to forget what I want to say. But, no, it wasn't. It was on YouTube, I think I saw it, was that... Um, I'm sorry, I went blank. <laughs> I can't get it back. But anyway, it was like, oh no, it's here again. 
I love that it gave me a reason to thank my body for being with me all my life, for um, keeping me safe, or being whatever I went through, one way or another, it went with me. I don't know how to do all that spiritual thing of bringing it in, but it's always been with me and all the things that I have agreed to have done, surgeries, et cetera, um, it was there. You know, it, it stayed with me. I don't know how to put all this together, but anyway, it's a part of me and it's something I should or can rather uh, give love to and say thanks for staying with me because I didn't even know you were there in that sense. I hope what I'm saying makes some kind of sense, but bless you guys for being there and allowing me to get out thoughts that I wouldn't share with someone else because they wouldn't understand. But thank you very much for listening. I'm complete. God, I love sharing every bit of that. I just let go. It's so beautiful. Thank you. Oh, thank you. That was so lovely. It just was music to my ears. You reminded me how everyone is a part of me. And that love is such pure divine love. Even if we don't recognize it, you know, it's still there. <laughs> it's always there. I'm complete. Thank you, everyone, for being you. Whatever that you look for right now is perfect. <laughs> This is Donna. That was such a beautiful expression of, of, of seemingly living in two worlds and doing it rather well. We are never alone, but we also have to have our mind, our consciousness, uh, awakened, aware enough. So when we hear that interior voice, we hear it because sometimes we don't hear it because our mind is somewhere else in the process. And you so beautifully displayed that we are never alone. The guidance was there. You were receptive to the guidance. You let what was happening happen. And someplace you knew, you knew that, you know, all is well. And the other beautiful thing is that you uh, gave thanks to your body and what was beautiful about that was that you were washing your car. And the magnificent thing about that, we just had a lesson about our bodies are a vehicle. So your body is your vehicle, what needed to carry you through your journey of learning you are Christ. And your vehicle is the vehicle, the Holy Spirit, you let drive. And because the Holy Spirit more often as not, is driving your vehicle, meaning your consciousness, your yieldedness, your willingness to let the Holy Spirit guide you and lead you. Uh, it, it, so graphically, this is what I'm putting into words, what I heard you saying. And it's just so wonderful to have it confirmed. And the other beautiful thought that came was, we have angels all around us. When we miss the mark, the angel gets us back on. I know that's symbolic, but, uh, you know, it's really the Holy Spirit's guidance. But thank you so much. I'm complete. Well, thank you. 
I was sitting here full of joy while you were talking. It's like, oh, really? That's me? <laughs> I appreciate all your insights. Thanks, Donna. Thanks be to God. Just on another thing that came up, I think in our lesson a couple of times, the word promise and promises came up. And, you know, well-intentioned friends make promises and they can't keep them. Once we understand that God keeps his promises, if he makes a promise, he will keep it. Probably you could go to a concordance, which I might do later, and look up all the words, the promises, and see what God is saying about promises. But I, and this might be an experiment others might be interested in. When, when or not or I have a problem, I might have something I need to talk to somebody about, and the only, only somebody I know is Jesus. <coughs> I will do a Samuel and I'll sit down and say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. And I may bring the problem or I may just be still and wait. God is my witness. Uh, The Lord comes. And actually on one occasion, he identified himself by his name. But a few years ago, I maybe told this to others, um, I had uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma came up for healing. Now, if it would have come up for a healing six months before it came up for a healing, I probably would have died because I wasn't in a spiritual place to let God walk me through it. So even so, it was a very long um, journey through chemotherapy. Um, I, I, I seem to go to chemotherapy, I, I don't know, a couple of years it seems to be, but anyway... So I began to doubt. And so I sat down one day and I said, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. And he had previously, in a dialogue, I, 
I asked him, am I going to die? And he said, no. And I said, you're sure I'm not going to die? And he says, I promise. So I, I threw that up at him. I came to him. <laughs> Jesus, you told me, you promised me I was not going to die. What, what's happening here? And he said, he said, Donna, I keep my promised promises. So now, no matter what is happening, I know the end of the story is Almighty God, my Father, the only real mind, and his one Son, the Christ, of which we are one, though we seem to be many here, can can trust, can wait, can walk, and when we can't walk anymore, we tell him, I can't take his pain, help me, help me. And then you do what comes to you to do, even if it's have a good cry and scream and shout, because that will be what he has brought for you to do while he continues to let his grace be sufficient to carry you through. St. Paul had a thorn, and he said, God, I can't take this anymore. I'm doing all this work for you. Please remove this thorn from my side. And God said very quietly, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. And there's a little more to that verse, unto something. So he's got to accomplish something in us, through us, as us, where we are. And we just have to know he's got it. He's got it all under control. And like everybody keeps saying, he's just love. We just don't understand that love is bringing us through hell. I am complete. Thank you, Donna. Donna. Oh, what a testimony. Thank you, Donna. Thank you. Amen to that, Donna. God has our Donna, you reminded me of all my healing, you know, about five years ago, six years ago, when I was diagnosed with pulmonary fibrosis. It has no cure, doesn't even have a treatment. All it has is like comfort care and and when I got that diagnosis, you know, I, I immediately called on Jesus because that's what I always do when I sense fear. And he just said, let the doctors take care of your body and I will take care of your mind. And he did just like you said, He walked. I walked through it. And the beautiful miracle of it all was that with the healing of my mind came the knowledge that it wasn't real that what the doctors were telling me could not possibly be the truth. And, um, you know, it was about a six or seven month process and um, for the MRIs to turn themselves around and show healing in my lungs. But they did until there was nothing left of the disease and the doctors scratched their heads and admitted a misdiagnosis. <laughs> But I knew what was true, you know, and, and it was about, um, you know, embracing everything with love, especially the body, embracing everything that shows up in my awareness with love because 
Love is for me, you know, it's both the most gentle energy in the world and it's the most powerful energy in the world. And it's symbolized by the lion laying down with the lamb. For me, that's a picture of love. And um, and I and I just come to trust it. There's nothing that love that cannot heal. There's nothing that love that love cannot show, but innocence, gentleness, and a power, big bang, powerful, <laughs> oh, complete. Thank you so much for sharing that, Donna. Thank you. You let God be true. Let God be true and every man a liar. Let God be true and every man a liar. I am complete. Past several shares of all you folks have been real helpful to me. It helped me relax enough to go half asleep for a while while I was still listening to your shares. And that was a miracle and I really needed it. And, um, and so I feel like I've let go now, and I feel like I've let go, and now I can, what they say, let go and let God. And uh, your miracle shares and, and, and your wonderful shares have been great, and I really appreciate it. Thank you. We appreciate you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Amen. Hi, this is Yogi Chris. Just want to share in today's lesson. I love the encouragement and the reminder of the lesson that our minds could be at peace this moment. Doesn't We don't have to wait for anything to have our minds at peace this instant and keep a still open receptivity as, as, as God created us to be. We are created to be a channel an instrument of God's peace. Use, use me as an instrument of God's peace, as the prayer of St. Francis says. Um, and the reminder that only God's peace is the most peaceful energy we could have, and it's not found out there that we could have our minds be in that inner silence, in the quiet of that light-filled heart, and be in the depth in our minds, and be still. As the famous biblical verse says, be still and know that I am. Um, and that I am hears only that voice in the present moment. Uh, that we could, again, we could, the reminder is we could hear that voice in inner silence and 
give that energy of trust, certainty, of faith to that and hear that. And, and, and be patient and gentle with ourselves. Where we are right now, be loving and compassionate to exactly where we are right now. Um, and show God faith and confidence. Um, and, and, and I love that single-pointed intention to hear love's answer call to us. And for me, I let... I practice letting illusory thoughts uh, be undone through forgiveness. And that, I believe, gives God a happy, still mind to work with in, in, in hearing his voice. Um, again, I, I'm really, for some reason... Uh, the prayer of St. Francis comes up for me in this year. Um, that we could be used as an instrument of God's peace. We could be um, loving even among those who choose to hate. We could be joyous even among those who choose to be sad. We could be light even among those who choose darkness. We could be hope and anticipation of good even among those who feel despair and hopeless. I'm complete. Thank you, Chris. Make me an instrument. This Lori. And uh, I love that prayer too. Um, and, and it was um, it was for my great and glad discovery that um, that is what he made me. Um, it, it goes um, it goes so well with today's reading. Um, in paragraph, is it 96? What attracts you is deep within you and completely one with you. When I was a little girl, we had a, <clears throat> a traveling salesman came to the door selling children's books, and it was Uncle Arthur's bedtime stories. I was probably about five, and... Um, and I could read, and so I could read to my little sister, actually the one I'm with now. And uh, in this story, the little girl was sick, and and I can't remember, was it the pastor or her dad said, you know, if, when you fall asleep tonight, uh, bend your elbow and then bend your wrist like you want to pet, and Jesus will come and take your hand in the night and he'll help you. And I um, probably deposited that in my subconscious in such a way that for the first half of my life I I had the idea that finding God was formulaic 
in other words, it was something uh, that depended on what I did. And by that time, more appropriately, what I failed to do, or not appropriately, more inappropriately, uh, in what I failed to do. In other words, he never came to take my hand because I wasn't good enough or I'd done something wrong or or I hadn't gotten the right formula, you know. Not for lack of trying. But it, for me, it was just like you said, Lana. Um, you reached the end of... I reached the end of my own personal resources and tried and ran out of things to try. And that's when he showed me himself. Um, my biggest problem had been the idea that there's something uh, that I could do that would make God real to me in my life. Or, alternatively, something I had failed to do that kept him hidden from me. So for me, um, the notion that I'm a doer is um, what I finally threw away because I ran out of, I ran out of tries, <laughs> you know, not because of anything I did, but because I ran out of rope, you might say. And then uh, I was lifted up. And so these lessons in the second half of the workbook are very precious to me because each one is a reminder that I am released by grace. And if I forget that that's the way it works, I release through grace. And then I remember again, if there's a formula to this, it's like you say, uh, Lana, learn that love is in you, like he says, love is in you. And if I forget, uh, extend a little bit, even just a smile or, you know, that thing that happens to your face when you look with kind eyes. Um, and then I remember again. So um, this little hand that's been held up, I'm, I'm, well, there's grace. I'm complete. That was beautiful. Thank you, Laurie. That was so touching. For all you give. Amen. Indeed. Amen. And uh and thanks, Lori. 
I've been drifting along, and so has the recording. <laughs> it's been a wonderful call. Great shares. And um, at this point, I think I would like to end the recording, uh, but not the call. The call will continue. <laughs>